Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I am your host, Carrie Siggins, and I am so glad to have you today. My guest today is Dean Espigard, and he is one of the most fun guests I've talked to. I love his philosophy, which is go live your dreams. And that's exactly what I think. I am all about just going for it. I bet your life is too short. Life is crazy. The world is nuts right now. It, you might as well just do it because, uh, well, what's the other alternative? Not living your dreams, not going for it. So the conversation that we have around dreams is so much fun. So Dane is the author of The Dream Machine, which is an A to Z guide on how to set up a culture of achieving your dreams in the workplace. And this is so great because it's all about helping your employees articulate their dreams. Professional, family, travel, financial, health whatever their dreams are, and then supporting them as they go after those dreams where they can check them off. And if you're like me, you know, I, I definitely go after my dreams, both professionally and personally. And when I am living that moment, when I achieve that, it's like, oh, I'm so on fire. I'm so engaged. So Dane makes the case that if leaders help their employees live their dreams, articulate their dreams, go after their dreams. It is a great retention tool. It's a way to increase engagement, especially in this era of green resignation, especially in this new era of quiet quitting, uh, and really create this culture where you have high performers who achieve extraordinary outcomes, both in work and out of work. And, and who doesn't want that for their employees? So you're gonna love this interview with Dane. He's awesome. Hang tight and I'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited to bring you Dane Espigard. Dane, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, before the show started, uh, Dane and I were talking about Austin, Texas, living in Austin. So tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. I'm a dad of two little ladies. I've got a six-year-old and four-year-old daughters. Birthday for the six-year-old was yesterday, so we're still celebrating. I'm married to my wife, Brooklyn, and I've been in the direct sales industry for the last 20 years. Uh, a lot of people have heard of Cutco Knives. So the uh, college student job, I started doing that right out of school in Wisconsin, and that's what I did to pay my way through college at University of Wisconsin. And then um, decided to stay with the company as a career position just right out of college. I was really intrigued by the personal growth culture that they had and really liked kind of the taste of entrepreneurship with that as well. So got into management and uh, I've ended up staying with Cutco for quite a long time. I, I now run a large division within their company, basically all the neighboring states to Minnesota. And then um, I, uh, I'm an investor in real estate as well with mobile home parks and some other rentals. And then uh, last year I published my first book called The Dream Machine. And that's really what my passion project is. It's, I published that last year and I've had a, a ton of opportunities since then to work with different companies on uh, helping to consult around you know their current culture and implementing a culture that's a little bit more exciting centered around dreams. I love it. I love it. I want to get into all of that, but I'm super curious about you know staying with a, a company from college to where you are now. So tell us a little bit about that journey and what you've learned along the way, because that's not a, necessarily a, yeah. a usual career path these days. 
Yeah, especially, you know, it's it's a high turnover job in, in, you know, direct sales just in general. I always joke around it's the, you know, it's the longest summer job I've ever had because I've been here for 20 years now. But it um, for me, it was I, I fell in love with the environment that was centered around personal growth. And I feel like my parents raised me in that light, but not necessarily as direct as that. And uh, I'd always been entrepreneurial, social, outgoing. And so Cutco, I think, really checked a lot of boxes for me as a student before I recognized what I, uh, maybe what my, my you know, strengths were in the workplace. And then graduating college, you know, I think I was like most students where I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to do, but I really loved my time at Cutco and they had another position for me. So I got started in that and they have a pretty aggressive advancement opportunity if somebody's interested. And so for me, I'm really driven by competition. I'm really driven by building teams. And, and, uh, and so there was a lot within that that uh, kept me very occupied for my first two, three, four years out of school. And it was direct sales, so I was able to earn quite a bit. And I think from that, I have what I've held on to for the last decade is that I'll leave when I feel like there's no more opportunity for me to grow within the organization or I feel like things have become stale. And so for me, I feel like they're being in a, in a position that I'm in. The ceiling is really whatever I put on it for myself. There's not a cap at all. And uh, I love mentoring and building teams. And so within my organization, it's just a constant build. And we, we really, the last couple of years, I've been blessed to have some amazing people come through my doors and stay. And so our team right now is as good as it's ever been. And, and I've been able to maybe work differently than what I did you know, a, a decade ago. So, and tell us a little bit about your organization. What kind of, what kind of team are you running? So we have, um, my role is basically to oversee everything that happens for Cutco within a you know, six state area. The way that I, I wear different caps for that one, we have about 10 offices that are year round. So each one of those locations has their own call, kind of like franchise owner, if you will, like they're a district manager, they run that operation. So my job is to help develop them and and help with their business planning and some accountability and and coaching. Uh, I also have my own office, which is in the Twin Cities, and that's the largest producing office in all of Cutco. And so my job is to work with the staff that does all the day-to-day stuff there. For the most important weeks of the year, we do a lot of onboarding for students. So for about eight weeks of the year in May and June, I'll run group trainings for a total of about 600 students during those eight weeks. And so I'll do, um, you know, a virtual training now where I do that online as well. And then I also will coach our sales professionals. We have a team of about 20 individuals that are not students that have been selling Cutco for a very long time. And um, the coaching that I do with them is more, I'm not teaching them how to sell. It's more uh, life planning, financial planning, you know, schedule maintenance, balance, that type of stuff as well. Yeah, those important skills that very few of us learn, but are so important in the workplace. (laughs) Yeah, and I really think that's like working with that team is what's allowed our our division and and, and our sales to grow on a year-to-year basis. We haven't lost those people. And a lot of it has to do with the dreams culture, which is me talking with them about what they want to achieve personally, not, not work goals. Yeah, that's great. So talk a little bit about the dreams culture and, and, and how, you know, it all ties together with, with your career path. So I, I was exposed to the idea. It's not, you know, I didn't come up with this out of thin air. I was exposed to the whole dreams mentality by an author named Matthew Kelly. And he spoke to our entire company in 2007. So that was the first time I made my own dreams list, kind of like a bucket list. And I didn't really do a ton with it, but I was really energized for maybe a month. You know, the kind of the, you go to a conference and you have the, 
you know, the high from that and then it goes away. And so that's kind of what happened for me with that. I had a few geographical moves within the company where I moved from the Wisconsin area to Omaha and then Omaha to the Twin Cities. And each time I moved, I was starting a team from scratch. So the last time that I moved to Minneapolis, I was, I was more experienced. And so I went back through all my notes of all my reading and growth and all that to decide what's the culture that I want to set up for this move to the Twin Cities. I really wanted it to be the last team that I, that I built. I didn't want to move again. And so I centered, I went back to the dreams and I said, this, this is something that I could be excited about for a very, very long time. And so uh, it started out just with me helping our team members to create a dreams list, which essentially was just what are the things that would light you up over the course of your life if you got the opportunity to do. We've evolved that since then to get you know, into different categories and, and what our program is now is, is much more elaborate. But essentially, we, anybody who's been with our team for, I'd say, six months, they get introduced to the idea of, uh, of their dreams list. We, we openly talk about these things all the time. There's nine categories that we take people through to make their list. So it's not, travel is an easy one. Like, where do I want to go in life? Uh, but there's also health, like mental and physical health. There's financial, there's career, there's family. So some of this stuff isn't a checking off the list thing, but it's a, you know, how do I want to be, right? Like, how, how do I want to, in my, the best version of me type of thing. And then, uh, and then everything that we do work-related is all connected to that. And so the idea here is this is the vehicle Right? No, nobody grows up saying, I want to sell knives. Uh, nobody comes to us and says, I got my dream job. I'm here to sell knives. So really what it's become is that people have a lot of energy around what they're doing because it's allowing them to, to go and achieve these things, whether it's I need time off and I control my schedule. I need finances to buy my first investment property or, you know, hey, I, I need a schedule that's going to allow me to train for a triathlon or something like that. And so what I have found is that if I can get somebody to live a really exciting personal life, it's almost impossible for them not to bring that energy to the workplace. And so I want to say we've almost reversed the focus of not how do you have energy at work, but how do we get this person to be more engaged with life and then trusting in that process that they're probably going to be more alive at work. Yeah, I love that. Um, I was just, I actually, the podcast that I'm putting out next week, I think, or in two weeks, um, is all around this idea of quiet quitting. And when I first heard of quiet quitting, I was like, you know, what, what is that? Why would anybody do it? And then when, you know, I started to actually understand what it is, which t- it's a terrible term. Okay. Um, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. And, and, and of course, you know, our goals as leaders is to create that type of energizing culture, but you as a leader want to love the life that you have outside of work and love the life that you have inside of work. Right. And so why wouldn't we want to help our, all of our employees be able to create that? Like, because I'm living my best life, I want to give more, right. It isn't about like, Oh gosh, I'm rising and grinding. No, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm making an impact. I'm doing really big things. And as leaders, we have a lot more autonomy over our, you know, our work and, and flexibility to be able to, to have a more energizing personal life because of that, those choices that we can make, right? There's more freedom in our choices. So I love this idea because it's true. People need to feel empowered to live their best life at work and outside of work. Yeah. And and with that, the the quiet quitting, I actually, as much as it's a bad title, it's so true where, you know, it's easy for somebody just kind of like show up and go through the motions. And, and, you know, oftentimes leaders, leaders will operate out of this place of like, well, I don't want to lose this person. And my response is you already have, and they're still getting a paycheck. And so you actually do want that person to leave and you want to replace that person with somebody who's going to be engaged and, and really purposeful with what they're doing. I was just with a, 
uh, a friend of mine, I went on a off the grid hiking trip in, in uh, like uh, just north of Yellowstone last week. And one of the guys I had the opportunity to go with is the CEO of a company named Mole. And I had the opportunity to go into his business and do a dreams workshop. And he was showing me their Slack channel conversation for his team. And they have a, I don't even know what they use, but it's like hashtag dreams or something. And um, one of the employees on his team who's somewhat capped on what she's able to earn in her role, she shared on there publicly, I've doubled my side hustle income, right? Since the last dreams retreat. And that was one of her focuses for the year. And what's neat is I, I feel like when we have this conversation around dreams, it allows people to be more open about who they are instead of, that's probably not something I should talk about at work, right? And the CEO is the first person to go and congratulate that person and say, this is awesome. Yeah. This is the type of stuff that we want. And I also think that for me, it's given me permission to live my life out loud. You know, I think there's a lot of leaders that when we get, as you said, we have more autonomy. We have maybe a little bit more opportunity to spend money on this you know, trip or whatever it is. But what happens is once we get to that position, I think a lot of people feel this like, well, I don't want to talk about those things because I don't want to make an employee or a team member feel bad because they can't, they don't have the same opportunity. And what we're doing there without realizing it is we're actually hurting that person's opportunity for development. Because I don't know about you, I was attracted to development and growth in the organization that I'm in because of the leaders and lifestyle. I said, well, I want that. And what I didn't recognize is once I had it, I, I actually started like covering it up a little bit. And once I started talking about accomplishing dreams to everybody else, it made me feel more comfortable talking about pursuing my own. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, I haven't, I, the, before I met you hadn't and was reading all of your stuff, hadn't, hadn't heard of the dream culture and all of that, but it's exactly the way that I lead and, and live my life within, within my company. And I've had so many people ask me, well, what do your employees think of, you know, the, your podcast and you're, you're writing a book and all the things that you do on social media. And I say, I am being a role model. Like I'm following the things that, that, that fire me up and all of that pays off for the company, yeah. right? All of the things that I articulate my voice and, and find my passion and find more fire and inspiration, all of that benefits the company. And why wouldn't I want every single one of my employees to have that same thing? Yes. So, you know, when someone starts a side hustle or, you know, it was like, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to do this. We're like, Yes. <laughs> Go do it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, live live your passion and follow your follow your dreams. And so, um, so I really, really am excited about this conversation and about you know this whole structure that you can put into place. Because if everybody's like, yeah, I can be me, um, and I don't have to hide it at work, yeah. I can get support from my leadership and support from my colleagues. What what impact can I make? And that's pretty powerful. It, and on top of that, how many of the, uh, individuals that want to take a step outside the norm and start a side hustle, start this, yeah. what is what do they hear from their friends and family? It's not typically support. It's, no. oh, I don't, that's going to be hard. That's going to be, so if work actually becomes the place of not just their main income source, but also the, the verbal support, right? The pouring out of like, yeah, you can do this and let's connect you with some resources. And here's what I did in the past. Work becomes so much more than just a paycheck. And that's really, in the last couple of years, this great resignation. All the studies and surveys have shown that like people want to be valued for who they are, not just what they produce for the business. And, and this is a really cool way to do that. 
Totally agree. So now I think this is probably something you get asked all the time, right? But what is the difference between a goal and a dream, right? I have my goals, but I have my dreams and, 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 and how do they work together? Yeah, I do get asked that all the time. I think goals are, goals are much more straightforward. And, you know, I've been in the role that I'm in now, I've been helping individuals set goals for 15 years at work. And I can tell you that we naturally will set goals that we know we can hit, right? It feels good to hit a goal. Yeah. A goal is meant to be a stretch thing, right? It's about who you become in the process and who cares if you hit it, but are you making strides forward? And, but that's not how most people do it. What I find when I take people through and I change the terminology to dream, it allows us to be ungrounded. One of the things that I set the table with when I talk to people about dreams, I'm like, hey, we're going to make this big list. These are not things that you're committing to do. They're not things that you're like, yes, I'm going to do that. There are things that if you ever had the opportunity to, you'd be really excited about. So what I find is that when we do it this way and we kind of operate out of this abundance mindset, people will write down these outlandish things with just writing it down is the first step of, well, maybe I could do it. And all of the conversation around the dreams comes from this place of how can I? And I think that that's such a cool conversation to be able to have because again, as I was saying, there's you know family support, all that. We usually don't have people in our family that say, you want to do blank? You could totally do that. It's usually... Let me tell you all the reasons that's not going to work. And we live in a very different world than even 10, 15, 20 years ago. So when we're taking the you know, advice of somebody in our family that hasn't done what we want to do, it makes sense that you know, we're not going to go out of the, of the norm or, or you know, step out of our comfort zone to go test something. And so I think that the way that I would easily describe it, dreams give us permission to think big like we did when we were younger not in a committed way, just saying, hey, let me put it down. And then that at least allows us to start to entertain if it were to happen, how would it? And there's some neat things that, that you know, that triggers. Oh, totally agree. The the doors that it can open, right? Like mm -hmm. It's kind of like that future priming uh, mentality of you start to see patterns or door opens and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to walk through that door. Yep. Uh, because I've put it out there and now it's a realm of possibility in my mind mindset. So I've, I've definitely experienced that. I've, I've tons of, of friends who have experienced it of, of putting just like saying, this is what yes. I want to do, even if it's so audacious. And the next thing, you know, you know, maybe they're not doing that, but another opportunity came yep. about because of putting it out there. Yeah. And it's, if we just keep doing all the stuff that we're doing, our life doesn't stay the same. It's always moving, right? right. Either, it's either getting great or more exciting or less exciting, but it doesn't stay the same. And, and I think, you know, so many people hit this spot in life where it's like, it is really easy to get complacent. We got kids, right? That takes up how much of our time and our mental focus. We have our jobs, our mortgage, our spouse. And so all of a sudden our calendar gets filled with all these obligatory things and we don't you know, do anything that like lights us up in a way that's like, oh, I, I'm doing something new or I'm, I'm switching up my schedule or, and, and that's what I love about the dreams thing. Even if somebody's doing just one per quarter, it's something to keep them moving in this like, you know, uncharted territory. And I think that's a really, really cool place for somebody to live. Yeah. So explain that, explain the dream culture and, you know, how a leader goes in, about putting it into place. Yeah. So Step one is just the leader has to be willing to do this themselves. So I love that you're like, this is what I've been doing anyways. I just didn't know it was this, right? And I've worked with a lot. The, the people that have brought me in to work with their company have all been people like that, that when they hear it as a leader, they're like, this is, I just haven't, I just haven't sat down to write out what it is, but this is what I've been doing. And so we help create the, the kind of the facilitation of creating the list. 
So next week I'm doing this for uh, UPS, uh, uh, not as a corporate, but a, a smaller UPS branch. And I'll, I'll go and I'll walk their 50 employees through the dreams exercise. It takes about two, three hours. And at the end of this, I'll have two to 300 things on their list. That's the starting point. And even if that's all a company does, that's actually great work because now it's something is on their radar. And at the end of that, they take action on one thing. So in the next three to six months, they get something done that's on their dreams list. What the leader can then do leading that is sh constantly sharing who's accomplishing their dreams. So I have a meeting for my internal team next week. And one of the very first slides, it has our mission statement, which is for us, our mission is to live the life of our dreams and inspire others to do the same. And the next slide will have everybody that accomplished a dream in the last month. And we give them an opportunity for 30 to 60 seconds to say, hey, Carrie, I know that you just went to, uh, uh, you just went to this uh, Motley Crew was one of them from one of my guys, concert with your father. You want to share a highlight from it or something? And so it gives that person an opportunity to relive it. It also recognizes somebody on the team for who they are, not what they're doing at work. And it's a really nice, you know, gentle nudge to the other people to be like, I, I got to get back to my list. And what happens is, just like anything, there are certain people that run with this. And uh, I have an individual, a young man on my team named Alex Funk. This guy is so exceptional. And if I wasn't doing this, I would have lost him for sure. Like he would have gone to, to something else. Uh, but he has these dreams of writing a book. So he's, you know, loves working with me because he's like, what'd you do here? How'd you do this? Uh, he's 23. And last year, he accomplished over 100 dreams on his list. And so it's literally like every week he's doing something that he's never done before. He's 23. He owns a couple properties already. Uh, like he's pacing to live this amazing life. Uh, and it really comes back to like he has this menu of so many different things to pick from. And so how do you keep this like front and center, right? Because like you said, I went and it was awesome for a month and then I yeah. went back to like my normal life. Like, so how, so you go, you do this workshop, everybody has their dreams. How do you as a leader have a framework to keep it front and center? So one is, one of the most important things is getting access to people's lists. So mm -hmm. whenever I do one of the workshops, we'll always try and incentivize people to share their list, right? Yeah. So it's something as simple as, Hey, you know, team, you made these amazing lists. That's great. One of the things that I want to make sure that our business helps is helps enable you to be able to live these dreams. I would love to see them if you're comfortable with that. You know, I like to do contests, promotions, Christmas gifts, whatever. And I'd love it to be things that are on your dreams list. So whenever I do a contest, it's n never do I waste any money. It's always like, hey, Carrie won something. I was planning on spending maybe 300 bucks. Let me check out Carrie's dreams list. And then I go shopping on somebody's dreams list. And I say, hey, Carrie, I noticed that you had, you wanted to see this one uh, comedian. I noticed that they're on tour. Are you going to be in town on this day? I'd love to buy you and your significant other tickets. Right. And so it's just, that to me is the easiest way is like no wasted dollars. All my dollars yeah. for gifts are targeted towards this. But the most important thing is that the leader is committed to living some of their own dreams and then sharing those publicly when they do. And I think that's yeah. the thing that will, will, again, always encourage other people. The last thing that we want is for this to be some obligation. We have right. enough obligations in life. And so what I've found is that if I can get a few people on the team moving, they fall in love with the process and I don't need to do it. Alex Funk, this guy, I don't need to encourage him to pursue his dreams. I just need to check in so he can update me what they are so I can yeah. share that with everybody else. 
And so how does that, right? You use him as an example saying you would have lost him if you wouldn't have done it. What do you think the hook is with retaining talent with this, with this dreams model? Well, I think part of retaining talent is what I said before, I, you know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of these different sayings. One, one that I firmly believe in, I don't think people leave jobs. I think they leave leaders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was taught that, you know, the, the, I'm the lid to the development of my people. And so if I, uh, am not living an exciting life, if I'm not growing personally and pursuing new things, I'm most likely going to not be that attractive for that a talent person. Right. So they're looking constantly at, can I make a future here for myself? And they're going to look to who their leaders are typically to say, is that a lifestyle that I'd be excited about? If not, I'm probably going to move elsewhere. We're also in this, you know, I, I work with a ton of 18 to 24 year olds. And I can tell you that group, it's like the whole go to college, get one job and stay in that job. It's like, that's not how they think. It is, I'm going to get a job, but I'm going to have this side thing and I'm going to do this. And I'm in, and it's, it's the world of many right now in terms of having multiple, you know, focuses and, and multiple streams of income, especially for that top talent. And so for me, I feel like I've been able to retain these individuals post-college because I've been able to get them excited about and showing them a roadmap of here's how you invest in your first property at the age of 21, 22. Here's how you house hack. Here's how you, and I think in the past, I worked out a scarcity where it was, I don't want to talk about things that are outside of what we do as a career because I don't want to lose them. And what was happening is I was losing them because I wasn't. And if I'm showing them that this can be the thing that's the engine to all these other things, I'm going to keep that person for a lot longer. One of the things that I've been thinking through around this whole quiet quitting trend, or at least, you know, label that we've been giving is the whole idea of how just showing up, you know, to do the bare minimum or even just having a ton of focuses can really actually be debilitating for your career because like I, I know that I've had cr- crappy jobs in 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 my 20s and it led me to, you know, to some dark places cuz overall it wasn't happy. But the things that I learned through persevering and about bosses and not going to work this and, you know, still being able to show up and do a really good job like that, that's valuable to me. Yeah. And I think about so many Gen Zers who do have a lot of different focuses and who also are okay with saying, yeah, great. You know, I'll just show up and you know do my 40 hours and, and, and find fulfillment outside. Like you're, you're missing out, right? You're letting yourself off the hook. You're letting yourself off the hook for like really trying to figure out who you are and what you're good at. If you just like half ass it, right. You're never going to really learn that or maybe later on. And you're also letting yourself off the hook from like going to a company. If that company is not going to fill your bucket, you are letting yourself off the hook for not going out there and finding something that is more powerful, right? A company like yours, working for somebody like you, who really is going to help you get fired up about what you're doing in life and in your career. So, you know, I think that's a really powerful thing is if what you're talking about here is, is that whole idea of getting people to stay because they are energized, not just about their their work, but about, you know, how work feeds into their personal life and how they can be their whole selves. And I think, and Carrie, what you had mentioned before we started recording, you were talking about like your team being growth minded and why that matters right now yeah. so much, right? And there's yeah. this whole underlying thing to this dreams concept, which is 
if I'm talking to people about living this really exciting life that's on paper that they wrote down, it's like, you're not the person right now that's capable of living that life. And we talk about that all the time. I, if I was capable, I would do, I'd be doing those things now. So if I want, and this, I give the same message all the time to our people when we onboard them, which is, look, if I were to ask you, what kind of family life do you have in the future 10, 20 years from now? You'd probably say, oh, it's so amazing. I'm at all my kids' things and, and I've got a great relationship. And then I'd say, what's your relationship with your spouse? Oh, we're so in love and we spend all this time together. Great. What about vocation? Like, oh, I'm kicking butt at business or I own my own thing or I'm doing these great. And what about this? Oh, I'm super healthy. I'm involved in my church. Great. Guess what? You're probably not the type of person that can accomplish that yet, yeah. right? And so for you to do all of that, you've got to be growing yourself. And so it gets back to this whole, what are you doing to grow yourself? And that, I think, answers some of the things you're talking about of yeah. like, yeah. you know, challenging yourself and not just clocking in and clocking out, but, you know, working on those, uh, the self-disciplines and the mental toughness and those types of things. And so that for us is the, well, we have to do that if we want to have the fun. I love that. I'm so, so glad you said that. It's so incredibly important, right? I mean, it's that whole idea of you can't just like imagine that you want to yes. be somebody right. uh, and have a certain life and then not do the work to get there. Yep. And so I think, I, you know, I don't remember thinking like that in my twenties, <laughs> right? I didn't have any idea what I wanted, right? We weren't talking about dreams. Like, right. I, well, I don't know about you. I, I'm a, I'm a Gen, Gen Xer, right? So it was very like pragmatic and, you know, you're going to rise and grind and, yep. and that's how you climb the corporate ladder. And no one ever encouraged me to like, think about what I really wanted to be right. and who I really was. Right. I was just, I was just following the, the expectations that had been set out for me. And so now there's like this whole, you know, I think kids have this new opportunity, right? Because there is so much more of this talk of, of work-life balance and yeah. creating your life and all of that, that just did not exist when I was a teenager and in my twenties. So but you got to do the work. Yeah. And, and so it's so much better when you're doing the work with intention versus mm -hmm. like me doing the work literally because I didn't know why, just yeah. because I was supposed to work. <laughs> and, and, and with that, it's like, you're totally right. There's so many people that don't know what they want to do. And the reason yeah. they don't know is because we just, we kind of are just ushered through step by step, right? Okay. You're going to go to high school and then you got to pick a safe major, go to college. And, and nobody's like, Hey, what are the things that really light you up? What about this? Yeah. And, and so what I also love about the, the dream stuff is I think that we find the things that we would love to do by exploring life. And the whole idea of the dreams list is like, hey, who cares if it's your job? Go and do these things. And through that, you're going to start to find out, oh, wow, this, this experience, I love that. Ooh, this thing here for my job, I'm really good at. And then trying to find the, you know, what are my strengths? What are my passions? And is there a way to monetize this? And I think that, yeah. you know, we, we, the world is so different in terms of technology and, and the jobs that are available and, and how we can work them and remote. So it just, it, yeah, I think it calls for people to be different types of leaders now than, than yeah. what maybe got, you know, got the job done 10 years ago. No. And, you know, I have to say, I am, I am incredibly grateful for my crappy jobs. <laughs> 
right? I mean, and I I learned so much about mm-hmm. myself through crappy jobs and what I didn't want, which is sometimes just as powerful yeah. having, you know, it, it can be even more powerful of going, what do I want? Right. Yep. Because you're like, okay, absolutely. That is just not going to happen again. Yep. Uh, and so even though it's like miserable in the, in the moment, the lessons that you learn from also having those experiences of like, yeah. nope, not good, not aligned yeah. with my strengths, not aligned from a culture. I don't want to do that kind of work. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. You have an actual opinion that's rooted in experience as opposed to just like, exactly. an idea. yeah, totally. So tell me about the book. Uh, what made you write the book? Uh, a friend of mine who had written a book and, and was really successful with it. And uh, we we had a COVID weekend, if you will. So it was like during the, the thick of COVID. And he uh, we got some time together and he said, you need to write a book. And I said, what are you talking about? I don't have time for that. And, he, and I said, I don't even know what I'd write it on. And he's like, you're totally missing it. You've been doing the dreams thing in your business. And this guy's close to me. He, he also used to work for the same company. And and he said, uh, you need to write a book about that. And he's like, that's your thing. Everybody knows you in the company for that. And I said, huh, I guess I didn't realize that that would be a thing. And so he helped me kind of with the process and took me about a year. And then I uh, released it last September. But the book is basically an A to Z guide for anybody that would want to set up a culture centered around dreams. And so I wrote it with the intention of there shouldn't be more info needed. It's, it's all right here. Uh, it teaches you how to do the initial brainstorming or dreamstorming process. It teaches you how to keep it going within your organization. And so uh, that was the goal is to try and get more organizations set up like that. And then um, I've been able to do speaking and consulting with it for people that are like, hey, I think my team would rather hear this from somebody else than me. And then the leader's able to go through the process as well. But, but that, that was the point of the book was to, to make sure anybody could do it. And did you develop any new dreams while writing it? Oh, always. So I, I feel like I'm the luckiest guy ever. I get to take teams through this dreamstorming process. And one of the things that they do is they, when I, have, when I facilitate this, we put people into groups and they share and steal. So they'll share some selected ones of like, oh, I want to share this. I'm walking around. I'm not critiquing. I have a notepad. I'm walking around. I'm like, ooh, I'm constantly <laughs> stealing people's dreams where I'm like, that's going to find them. <laughs> I've got about 500 that are on my list that I haven't done, let alone the ones that I've been able to get done. So, uh, yes, I, I absolutely am, am stealing dreams constantly. And and being a competitive person, I mean, are you keeping track of like, am yeah. I am I beating year over year the number of dreams I am I'm, I'm getting? <laughs> you know, I I definitely was for a while where it was like each year I need to have more, and now it's yeah. not. Um, my sweet spot is kind of like I'm usually somewhere in the like 20 to 25 dreams that I get done each year. Yeah. But the magnitude of the dreams also change, right? In terms of, yeah. it might not be as many this year, but we had some really big ones. Yeah. So what dream are you working on right now? What dream am I working on right now? So I just, just last weekend, I did my first ever like off the grid in the mountains backpacking trip. Yeah. So that had been a dream on there for a while to be like, you know, unreachable, if you will. And uh, I did that yeah. with three other guys that had the same idea. And, uh, and it was, that was amazing. That's so I guess I'm not working on that anymore, but that's that's the most recent one. Yeah. Great example. Great example. Thank you. Awesome. So much fun. And uh, and your workshops, do you do those both in person virtually? Like, how does that work? Yeah, both both in person, uh, though, the UPS one that I've got next week, that's in person where, you know, they'll have about 40, 50 employees that are all together. Um, I also do virtual ones on Zoom. Sometimes those are Mm -hmm. easier for a team that works remote anyways. 
Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, I do them both in person and online. And then we also, I work with some companies towards integration as well beyond that event in terms of like, Hey, here's a 12 month, you know, fulfillment to get it, to get the roots of, of this program rolling. Yeah. And I also on the, um, at the beginning of this year, I decided to try and get as many businesses to do the dream stuff as possible. So I'm giving away the book for free, basically online. And so anybody who goes to daneespigard.com forward slash free gift, they can get a free downloadable copy of the book as well. Cool. Excellent. Awesome. Well, I'll include that in the show notes. And how else can people find you? Um, my, my website and then probably Instagram or LinkedIn are the other two main ones. I'm the only Dane Espigard that's out there. So uh, anybody who does a dream, tag me on Instagram. I love seeing those. That's kind of my favorite thing is when somebody tags me on there and says, oh, I just got a dream done. Those are, uh, those are cool. Awesome. Cool. I'll include all that in the show notes. Okay. So two last questions before we uh, leave for the day. Uh, So the name of this podcast is Reflect Forward. Uh, What does Reflect Forward mean to you? To me, it's the, I get that image of like rear view mirror windshield, right? And the proportion of that where the rear view mirror is, is literally only this large compared to how large the forward focus is. So Reflect Forward to me means, you know, making sure that I'm referencing my past experiences, not as factual and future, but in, you know, perspective to say, you know, how have I shown up and where am I able to show up better for, you know, what's to come. And there's always, there's a reason why the windshield is bigger than the, than the rear view mirror, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Good. All right. And if you had one piece of advice for leaders looking to be the very best at what they do, what would that be? Being the best at what they do, I'd say trying to find the sweet spot in, in the way that I reference the sweet spot is, is being in a situation where there are people that you're learning from, people that you're learning with, and then people that you're teaching. And I think sometimes when we reach the top of our organization or we run our own team, we're in a place that we're teaching, but we sometimes miss out on having that peer group or somebody that's teaching us as well. And so maybe that means hiring a coach or, you know, leveling up your, your, outside group, I think is important. But that to me, that sweet spot, I think is really important. And always being open to learning from your team. I mean, I like me, I work with so many brilliant people and every day I learn something new from one of my employees. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm so glad that uh, that we had this conversation because I just learned something. So yeah. it's when you when you are, when you have that mindset of I'm always learning from everyone, it's amazing where you can find those lessons and those gifts. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Wonderful. All right, Dane. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a true pleasure to get to know you and to talk about this. And I cannot wait to try the dreams culture exercises. I I can absolutely see the value in it. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on, Carrie. This has been great. Absolutely. All right. Hang tight. I'll be right back. All right. I hope you enjoyed learning about how to create happier, more engaged employees through living the dream culture. I love that interview. I'm going to have him come in and work with us Stone Age. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So with that, I'm going to leave you for this week, and I will see you next week. If you like this podcast, as always, please write a review, share it, subscribe to it. Send me a note. I appreciate all of the feedback that you have for me. And uh, feel free to send me a question for advice from the CEO. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful day and see you next week. Thank you.